Alrighty, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good whatever, time is a flat circle, uh, to wherever you're listening from, Creedcast. Uh, this morning, if you are listening um, in, you know, as it's re- as it's released in Australia, and um, the morning of our game today uh, in uh, at the at our beautiful home at Adelaide Oval against Hawthorne. Um, this is a I'm obviously catching up a little bit here. I've had a busy week and haven't had a chance to talk about the Richmond game either. Uh, so I'll do a quick quick little um, podcast here. It won't be. Uh, haven't had too much time this week to really work on it. So just general thoughts about the Richmond game last week, which was an interesting one. Um, certainly a fair few opinions flying about about how the game went and what it means for us as far as our performance goes obviously a good win again um, away from home tough opponent um, but there was, you know those things to things to certainly look at and work out you know what went wrong at certain periods in the game when you know it could have been it could have been easier I think um, is my opinion on the game but um, yeah certainly again a win eight on the trot um, uh, and with how the you know, a crazy round of footy last week, actually. Um, you know, when you think about the uh, the um, results from the other games and, and 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 the upsets and all that stuff, you know, it was, it was up. You know, we often have these rounds in in Aussie Rules footy where you you have an upset round, <laughs> and um, and it seems to be that, that was this was the round, and and we bucked the trend um, and made sure that we weren't one of the teams that got got upset, but it, it was close. Um, and you know Richmond, while they're having their issues, you know Dimmer's left, uh, and 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 it's a team that's in a bit of flux. Uh, you know, a new era is beginning, and and whether they're in a they're going to end up in a full rebuild. They've tried to kind of reload um, as Richmond uh, as Richmond as Hawthorne did uh, at the in the waning years of their um, dynasty back in the mid 2010s. You know, they tried to reload through trades for the likes of Tom Mitchell, Jaeger, Amira, etc., etc., and it didn't it didn't really work for them to be honest. And and that now Hawthorne have had to commit to a bit more of a full re- rebuild. Um, yeah, oh, Chad Wingard was in there as well. Um, but uh, you know, and then we're playing them this week, uh, as which is um, a good little segue for later. Um, but I'm using it now, so that's terrible uh, podcasting. But anyway, um, but you know, this is a team that's. Um, you know, Richmond has still got a fair few handy players around the field, and and I felt you know in the end it was a great win. I think we we bookended the result with some great quarters of footy, and just we're quite subpar in the middle, which is what makes it an interesting one to talk about. Because and certainly, um, you know, I'm just diving straight into it here. Um, when you anyone that follows uh, like the Twitter account sees that you know whenever I'm watching a game live, I'll I'll tweet out thoughts and opinions as the game's going, and I think it's you know, sometimes you you look back at them and go, well, geez, that you know, as the game went on, that that didn't really pan out what you thought you said. But yeah, there's live reactions. It's a live way. It's a, and I try to be as reasonable as I can. Well, there is still, you know, I'm a Port fan at the end of the day, and I'm a sports fan. And you all, we all, all of us that have that passion within you for a team in this way, um, where it builds up and you get, you know, you, you stress out and all that kind of stuff that you do with sports, you do have a passionate response to things as well, which sometimes can mean that you. Your, your tweets don't come across the exact way, but I, I try to be as as um, reasonable with them as I can, whilst also putting a little bit of that passion out there as well. Um, and you know, I was I said when in the uh, probably midway through the second quarter, I said you know Richmond have up their pressure. Um, you know, we need to match it. We need to kind of you know get back to what we were doing in the first quarter, and then 
and then the skill errors kept on getting worse and we and there was a couple of kicks inbound you know we were, we were trying to rebound out of, out of the defensive 50 and we're doing what i like that we do like i'm really glad that we are playing a more attacking brand of footy um and and trying to move quicker through the middle and not stagnate down too much um and it worked really well against Melbourne. We really cut through the middle well, and despite the conditions against Melbourne, our kicks were on point um, in general, and uh, and our disposal efficiency was pretty good uh, considering the conditions. Again, in this game, in a game that actually the the weather wasn't that. I, I know that the weather came down a bit in the game, but I think in the second quarter, from what I remember, it was pretty reasonable. I, I reckon I remember seeing some sun around the MCG there as points in that time. So. And considering what we'd seen from them against Melbourne the week before, I, my expectation of this team has gone up. I think that we're starting to get our skills are starting to are improving, and that just comes with player confidence. You know, players always have this ability within them. It's just their confidence to actually execute. And against Melbourne, we did it really well against one of the better. You know, Melbourne are a great team, although you know the result they're not playing as best as they probably would hope to. But the, you know, overall, fundamentally, they're one of the better teams of the past few years. Um, a flag. In a, in a pretty dominant year for them uh, only a couple of years ago really you know that cements that kind of idea so the fact that we performed so well against Melbourne in, the, in those conditions um, skills were pretty on point I was really disappointed to see when we were rebounding out of the defensive 50 a couple of times we had a kick in board it wasn't you know there's was pressure but it wasn't um, intense pressure I think there was a the kicks were just undercooked, and it twice happened where a kick was undercooked. And you know, when you're going forward in the middle, like you know, your kicks, you kind of want to put put a bit more on it because you want to run onto them. Unless you unless you're trying to do that little short kick where a player is running back, you know, against the attacking attacking end and trying to take a, one of those short marks and, and you know calm it down a little bit. But these were kicks that we, we were trying to break open through the middle, and you can't undercook them because your player is going to be. You know, kind of like you know, the, the opposition player is going to be in the middle there. So if you undercook it, they're going to have you know, they're going to eyes on the ball. They're going to see and be able to in, intercept the kick. And it happened twice, and t- both times it basically ended up in a Richmond goal. And this was at that point where we were kind of we we kind of withstood a bit of their pressure in that early second quarter, and we, and we obviously hadn't had too much opportunity. But then they'd missed a couple of kicks, and we you know, I kept on feeling like they're letting us off here. They're letting us off here. We just need one of those breakouts at the back. And we'll get forward and, and hopefully kick one or two and, and kind of relieve that pressure a little bit. But instead, due to some poor skill and poor execution, it went the other way. You know, we basically gave them back the opportunities that they were giving up and turned the game into a dogfight for the next quarter and a half. And that's just where one of those things where it's just, and, you know, you can just see when this poor team sometimes has dropped off a little bit and it's just, and they're, they're, exp- and, I know that their attitudes, I think, I believe their attitudes have improved abundantly since last year as far as their abilities to be calm in the moments and all those kind of things. But you can still see those little snippets where, whether, you know, after especially, and let's be, let's just backtrack for a second. The first quarter was really good. Um, we kind of felt the, I, I thought the first five to eight minutes were, were a little bit flat, but I don't know if flat's the right word. I think I said flat on Twitter, but I, I, whether flat's the right word or we were just kind of feeling our way into the game a little bit. But we, you know, we, were, you know, they got the first goal of the game. It never really felt like they were going to, you know, go on runs or anything in that first quarter. And we really got a run on. Um, Butters was just immense. His, what well, I think I saw that we only had, I think we might have only had eight bounces for the game or seven or eight bounces of the game. We don't don't generally have a lot of them because we really moved through the middle well with handballs and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think. 
Uh, sorry, it was just the butters. I think half of those bounces were butters in that first quarter because he, he twice just pushed off, brushed off, don't argue, off a halfback. Um, and sometimes two players in, in emotion and then took a bounce in between and, a, and another bounce and then was able to go kick forward. And just another sign of kind of the eye-catching kind of plays that, unfortunately, I, you know, I've, I've got some cynicism about, about the Brownlow medal and how it's become basically a midfielder's award over the, over the um, modern, modern century, I guess. Because you know you could have halfbacks and and forwards win it in the past, but ne- now it's just um, you know you've got to do something pretty special um, to get get the votes if you're not um, a midfielder. But thankfully, Butters, um, if we're looking at Port's hopes this year um, with his coaches coaches award, having searched the, searched the um, leadership of that um, that vote, and when you look at the the plays like him dashing off a halfback and and bouncing and, and getting a kick forward to advantage. You know, those are kind of the players that are going to catch the eyes of the uh, eyes of the umpires and 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 nab him the votes. Now, I think I would expect Torino probably gets the three votes out of this game, although you know who knows. Um, you know, Torino's influence was reasonable and he certainly hit the scoreboard. But beyond that, you know, Butters really was the. Uh, I'm jumping back and forth in the quarters here, but um, Butters, you know, his last quarter really helped clinch the game for us as well. But you know, that first quarter was was good we 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 sighed through the middle well um richmond couldn't really keep up with us and we and we went and got ourselves out to the advantage that we want you know when you consider how where porter at and where richmond are at you kind of sit there and go i, I would have thought i would have been happy with maybe a two to three goal lead at uh quarter time and we ended up with just over a four goal lead you know 25 points so to me that's like we're i think we're a two to three goal better team than richmond um per quarter and uh and we end up better than that at the quarter time. So I'm sitting there thinking, all right, this is this is kind of you know even if we have we take the foot off slightly off the gas, we should just be able to manage this and and just pad the lead as we go forward. And and I was expecting having been up by 25 points at quarter time, go on and win this one by about 40. You know, it doesn't mean you're going you know you're stacking on 25 points each quarter and, and winning by 100. You just you've got yourself that buffer that gives you the comfort levels to to manage the game a bit more, but not let it go. And that's why the second and third quarters are so disappointing to me because the pressure dropped off. I think in the third quarter, the, the Fox footy pressure tracker uh, came up and it had, you know, they've kind of got the red, the blue, yellow, and green where your green's elite and then you got maybe just average, poor, uh, or poor. I think poor's about, I think there's four different. I, anyway, I can't fucking remember every time. I've said before on the podcast, so like, I, I like the pressure tracker even though I don't fully understand the analytics and, and metrics that go into it. Um, but I like it, whether it's it's meters run or whatever. Fuck, who knows? I should actually look it up one day and just do a do a little podcast episode about it, just so I can understand it myself and work through it with all of you wonderful listeners. But um, I do like it. It's just like because often I'm sitting there thinking, "Geez, we've dropped off," and then now they'll show that, and you know, it kind of generally usually goes with how what my eye test of the game is going. And it showed Richmond as being just on the borderline of elite, and us being into the into the poor territory. Not the worst, like we were. We were kind of towards the top end of poor but it did show the disparity between us there was basically two sections of that pressure meter between the teams and and you know, look we won contested possessions by plus 19 so i think and we bookended the game well but in that middle section where the game was there to be solidified the result was there to be solidified and instead we made it a bit of a dog fight and uh, richmond had every chance you know they, they got within two points early in the uh fourth quarter i think uh, just having a mental image of the game timeline. So, you know, 
that's that's danger territory. They're they're within you know they're you know one of those games where um, a kick here and there, and again in a game that we'd had some skill errors coming out of halfback and 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 the back lines, it was a game that you know if Richmond had taken one, a couple more of those opportunities, then then they they win. And you know I think we were the better team on the night. Ultimately, we deserved the win, but we also gave Richmond the opportunity to take it away from us. It was only due to their um, uh, quite um, subpar kicking in front of goal as well. And let's be real, you know, Dustin Martin's a guy that clinched um, a grand final victory from the Jaws of Defeat in 2020 with four goals in that set. It was, I think all four goals were in the second half of that grand final in 2020 against Geelong. This is a guy that knows how to find the big sticks in, um, under under immense pressure and has, and has shown it time and time again. So for him to be, I think it was one goal three or one goal four at one point, he might have ended with two three or something like that. But missed two pretty... Pretty solid opportunities that I was sitting there just going, oh, yeah, you know, he's got this and he just shanked it. And I think Revolt shanked There was a few shanks from reasonable positions by experienced players in that game on that Richmond side. And it was in a period of time where if they kicked a couple more of those, we go in at, you know, because I think we're only up by 11 or 12 points at halftime. Um, and there was a couple of those, those real easy kicks that they'd missed. And if they they kick those, then then we're down at halftime. And, and you're starting to look at a very, very much more difficult um, second half. Now, the positives are, and I'll say this, and I tweeted towards the end of the third quarter, I said, this is, you know, we keep telling, hearing that these players believe in Ken, play for Ken, all that kind of stuff. This is the kind of quarter we need to shit see because I haven't seen it in these two quarters. And I don't I don't, I don't shy away from that criticism. Um, it's not me saying that I don't believe it. It's just me saying these kind of moments, and especially in a game, you know, when we have a seven game, going into this game, a seven game winning streak, um, the exp- and we've just had a big result on a Friday night against Melbourne. It's often after these kind of games, it always feels like we have the letdown game. And I, I remember on Twitter during the week in the lead-up to the Richmond game, people were saying, oh, this feels like a danger game. It feels like a letdown game. Now, why is that? It's because in the past, we've shown an unfortunate tendency of losing the the games that we're expected to win and sometimes winning the games we're expected to lose. And Richmond was a game that, while a lot of people did recognise, and I, certainly myself, it's tougher than some might expect, we still should be winning it. And so having a couple of quarters where the skill skills were poor, um, poor without the most immense pressure on our players, you know, I just think we were just missing missing kicks, missing some tackles and some handballs, and just, and just overall a bit, we lost our way a little bit in those middle quarters. I was looking for... You know, we keep hearing this this year, especially as like a lot of these players have really come out and cut, gone out into bat for Ken, which I which I appreciate. I want to hear all perspectives on the on this you know ongoing saga that we find ourselves in with fans and players and media and all that stuff alike. Um, but we want to hear. I wanted to see the response um, into that fourth quarter from the players that we you know it was basically a show me show me something that I haven't seen before. Um, kind of moment, or show me something that I'm starting to see this year more and more consistently, but show me again because this is the game that we should be winning. This is four points that should be ours, as and especially in a, in a week that had presented an opportunity to solidify a position in the top four for the next few weeks at least, um, and you know, and continuation if we keep winning the games. Show me what you guys have been telling us, and and they did in that fourth quarter. I was really impressed with the the you know it's still scrappy. It wasn't perfect, clean, A-grade AFL football. 
but it was good footy um and butters came out you know and this is the thing I've, i keep saying this year that and you know this year has been a year that we're really starting to see that transition to the to the new era of the players in the midfield the midfield brigade with the likes of Butters, the likes of Rosie, really stepping up in crucial moments. And you saw it again in that last quarter. I think Butters ended up with 32 disposals for the game. I think 11 or 12 of them came in that last quarter. Um, he, he, upped his, he upped his game again. Um, Rosie upped his game again. And this is, you know, it's two weeks in a row that they've been in, you know, wet weather footy does actually, is hard on the legs, hard on the feet. You know, it's, it's a heavier track, so to speak. Um, I'm sure the um, racing, racing fans out there, horse racing fans out there all... Um, understand that I'm not a big punter myself, but I understand the heavy track and, and conditions and stuff like that changes um, changes how you're looking at a race, and and it certainly sh- does change how players uh, <laughs> handle handle um, the, the the sporting field as well. So to see that response in that last quarter, we we and Richmond just you know they look like they ran out of they kind of thrown all of their punches in those, those middle quarters, and they just kind of ran out of gas in that last quarter. You know, Toronto. I think Toronto kicks his fourth goal is the last goal of the game towards the end there, but you know it only brings it back to a ten or eleven point. So we we had the game locked up with you know a good six seven minutes to go I think, and that was that was good to see after all that the game had been. I thought we were going to be going out of the wire again like a like a Essendon or or, or the uh, or the you know Melbourne game or Sydney whatever it may be. I thought we were going to the wire again, but we did manage to find a way to actually clinch the game and have it wrapped up with six seven minutes to go, which is. More or less, you know, if a game, you know, a team gets a, a run on um, quick, then you know that can change quickly. But trusting in our process and, and our team and how we're playing, I was feeling pretty confident once we got that, you know, almost three goal lead there with six seven minutes to go, and 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 so it proved to be the way it went. Um, a few of the decisions in the game I wasn't sure about. I know some people, you know, Miles Bergman going forward. I don't mind, and some people, you know, there is there was a plant. I think it was like Grimes and Co. and were and were, uh, you know, kind of playing that, you know, holding our forwards pretty well, and it was it was kind of a try to switch it out because Burton wasn't, you know, throw Burton down back and get um, Bergman up forward to try to play that defensive forward role and try to switch out a few things. I don't know if that, any of that stuff worked too well for me. Um, I didn't mind Lockie Jones and Dustin Martin early. I don't think you're ever going to be incredibly winning that matchup anyway you know Dustin Martin down forward the way you know there's a reason he's one of the greatest of all time um and just trying to throw different mixes of players that are young and and while experienced and very good players changing it up here and there you know maybe it changes it up for Dusty but I don't think it really did um so there's a few of those decisions in the game I thought we were overthinking things at times in those middle quarters because um, you take Berg- Bergman's been so key to what we're doing down back and coming out of the back lines and 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 down the you know kind of you know starting a thrust up forward. Um, I shouldn't have I ate like a handful of sunflower seeds um, before I started recording and now I've like got that little like I know like dill pickle flavored delicious um, hard to stop eating but now I've got like a little bit of that like acid reflux from eating a little bit of too much. <laughs> anyway, so that's why I'm kind of um, my voice is sounding a bit funny at times when I'm talking, but you know. There's not. It's not like it's, it's right or wrong. I just it didn't to me. Uh, I don't know. Some people agreed with the decision. Thought that it was a great decision to throw. You know, and you know we've already won with some of those decisions this year with having Burton up forward a bit, and certainly Darcy Burn Jones has been reinvigorated by it. I just didn't like it. I like. I, I really like what Bergman provides us down back, and uh, down back and moving forward through the midfield as well because he you know he comes up in the he's taking those marks up on the wing and 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 playing through the wing as well. You know. 
I just thought down forward he didn't provide as much as I hoped, and, and maybe he did take a little bit of that pressure off and, and and change things up for Grimes and stuff. But I don't, and but we didn't. I didn't see any real tangible results from it either. So, but maybe that's just my viewing of the game. I haven't gone through the full replay yet. I watched the condensed. I've watched it live um, with a few beers and then and watched the condensed replay and having a time to get. So, you know whether whether there's something I've missed and could see going you know in a replay watch and i, and I always welcome comments on, on twitter or instagram and you can you feel free to message and say oh this is what i saw and you know i certainly appreciate that um because you know it's, it's sports it's opinion we're all going to have different slightly different um views of the game um but you know just for me it didn't really work um so there's a few of those things i thought we overthought but i still i like that we're um we are still trying more in game um, that's still a good sign where there's a little bit more risk and you know you're not always going to get the reward but there's a little bit more uh, um, willingness to risk things or, or try different things and try different looks within the game um, like I said didn't agree with you know not sure it worked the, the, the best but you know it, it was a bit of a it was a bit of a dog fight there in those middle quarters so you know the teams have tightened up a little bit and all that stuff so you know who knows but Overall, I was happy with the result. Um, I was happy with the fourth quarter showed me what I was asking for. Um, it was something that we, you know, we were looking for. Was you know, I'm always looking for the response from the players when they're challenged. And and this year, since the and again, I, I think that the more and more that we keep winning, the more I look at that that showdown capitulation, which is still unforgivable. I, don't, I in the biggest of game, one of the biggest of games of any year that we play is our home showdown, and and we we you know embarrassed ourselves in that situation, but. Um, since then, it seems there's a there's a whether that that's put the sting in the tail of the players that we don't want to deal with that again that 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 embarrassing fourth quarter fade out and we you know we we our fourth quarter performances um have actually been really you know overall you know a, what a, you know clinching some big results I think it was a, the, the fifth win of two goals or less um since that time so you know we're we're proving hard to beat and hard to hunt down and hard to overcome in the fourth quarter despite what happens in those middle terms so you know that I've got to be happy with and eight wins on the trot and you know we're going into Hawthorne this week with uh with um the chance to to break an AFL era record I know um some people have there's been some people who haven't exactly put the right um descript descriptors out there on Twitter about um our our overall winning record across our 152 years um, 153 years now, uh, but um, you know, Port in the AFL era have never had more than eight eight wins in a row since you know, obviously 1997 onwards. Uh, I think four times, I think twice in Hinkley's era, and then tw- in 2002 and 2003, um, in those you know years that we won 18 games, um, we've won eight in a row, but we've never gotten to nine in a row. So you know, this Hawthorne game this week presents that opportunity. So I'll have a quick look at that before I wrap things up here and um, I'll talk about the little, a new player on our list uh, this week, this uh, coming, that came into, onto our list. Jesus Christ, David, get your shit together. We had a new ad- addition to our list this week. So yeah, a bit more to come, but um, I'm just going to take a quick break um, to get my shit, get my shit together. Alrighty, so I mean, I said I was getting my shit together in that quick break. I immediately go grab my Yeti, Yeti, um, you know, water bottle, and you know how it holds. Like you know, if you know Yetis, they're like the insulated, fucking beautiful water bottles. They hold ice in there for days sometimes. But uh, I had, like, I go to immediately take a sip, and a bit of ice just flies out of my mouth, and water goes everywhere. So did I get my shit together? That's arguable. But anyway, I'm back to talk about uh, the game this week. 
First of all, um, yeah, Hawthorne, they're an interesting side. Certainly they haven't won too many games this year, but they've, they've challenged some teams this year. Um, and so they provide an interesting challenge. Certainly when we look at, um, you know, a lot of people have been bringing up this week the absolute travesty of a, of a match, the Russell Ebert tribute match in round two, our home opener last, last year. Um, I was at that game and I've, I don't think I've ever been more embarrassed to leave a port game, and that includes includes the, the prelim final was different because you knew you'd been beaten by just a, a fucking good side in the Western Bulldogs that night. We shouldn't have been beaten by that much, and we shouldn't, you know, we, we arguably should be winning still. But there was an element of the fact it was a preliminary final, and and unfortunately we just didn't turn up against a good side. To not turn up against a site like Hawthorne last year, they, you know, again, they, they started with a little bit of, you know, bite in their tail last year, but they, they weren't a good side last year. So to come out in a game that was the, you know, the EBIT tribute match that was patched on the jerseys, um, we'd had a tough loss in round one, but um, up at the Gabba, but we, we were in that game. So we, we all fought, thought, you know, I'll oh, we'll get it, get our first, we'll get our season off, off and running against Hawthorne and, and uh, and then we can look at the Brisbane result as just a tough tough result against a good team on the road. But you know, the, after that game, you just start thinking, what the fuck's going to happen this season with having put that out there? And then it all just went downhill from there. Um, so there's a little bit of that in this game. Not that it should that should factor in, but I know a few people brought it up. And you know, fair enough. It was um, you know, their last time over here was pretty pretty fucking embarrassing on our side. So we have a little bit of um, revenge to do there. And then um, you know, it's interesting. There's so many. Uh, the former players in the side. Did we look at? Um, I know Chad uh, Wingard. I don't think's playing. No, he's not. I'm just looking at it quickly here. He's, but you know, you got Amon in there. It's his first visit back um, to Port Adelaide here, um, and certainly I hope the fans give him a warm response. You know, certainly while the game's gone, you know, don't cheer his goals or anything like that. But give him a warm response. He was, um, you know, loved it. Loved Carl at um, Port, and he certainly, um, as we've benefit from a player wanting to change the scenery this year um you know Amon um after giving us some good service um you know he's gone back and and all power to him uh, Jarman Impey lining up in the back lines as well another another player that I liked um while he's back here at Port and you know so a couple of returning returning favorites there and then just a, a side that's um otherwise the big the big one for um um Hawthorne is uh, after James Sicily has one of the best games of his career probably last last week, but he also um, gave a little bit of um, extra sauce to... I can't remember. It was a little little hip and shoulder to the head of... I can't think of the St. Kilda player's name, but, um, but uh, yeah, Sicily, unfortunately for him, fortunately for us, if considering the form he's in, uh, got himself scrubbed out for a game. So he's out. So the, his 43 disposals and, and incredible game that he had last week is gone from the side. So... Uh, they've got Jabs, Jack Scrimshaw back in, who's a pretty um, talented um, guy in the back lines for them. So he's back into the side after, um, I think he's been out with injury, um, but I'm not sure. And I, just that's my assumption, because <laughs> this is an amateur podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and Seamus Mitchell, um, if you look at their named side from a couple of nights ago, he's named in the side, but they actually had a late change last night. I think he's out with an illness. Um, so Bailey McDonald, um, who was their pick 51 in the draft last year, I think, um, is coming in for his debut debut match. So don't know what to expect there. Do I have a watch the Box Hill Hawks at all? No, I haven't, but I know he's, he's apparently been doing pretty... He's been getting a fair bit of the ball down there. Um, so, you know, I assume he's going to go okay. <laughs> um, but otherwise, you know, this is a side that, you know... I talked last week about, you know, Richmond being a side with a lot of talent around the field, despite their drop-off from their, where they've been. 
Um, you know, I look at Hawthorne as well and I go, look, there's some, there's some, there's some smatterings, but you know they've got some good young players there. But they're just not the team. Um, they're not a team that should be providing any worries to us this week. I think I would look at this and be disappointed with anything less than a forty-point win. I'm not expecting to smash them because I think they're 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 a good team and they've been playing pretty well. Um, I think they're an okay team. Sorry, I shouldn't say they're a good team because they're, they're going to finish in the bottom four or five of the table, I believe. Um, but they've been challenging sides. They're not one of those. They're not rolling over like West Coast. They've got a they've got a good young talent around the field. They just haven't got it all together yet. So they're going to be a team that's going to play with some some heart and fire, and they're going to kick some goals. But they're just not going to be able to keep up with the Port side. And this is a Port side that um, has uh, has made some interesting changes. Uh, obviously, um, actually, only one change effectively in. In Todd Marshall, who I was, you know, I was wrong. I, I, I should mention, I've been keep, I kept on thinking that the, in my head, the buy was happening after the Hawthorne match, and I, the, the, the spread out, the, the way the bye week's been more spread out over, over this year, um, just as messed with my head, um, or well, you know, in the past previous years, you know, because it used to be that it just, it was just a split round, and now it's like spread over a few weeks. So the fact that we're only getting a buy in a couple of weeks still, um, is really weird to me. But anyway, I just kept on thinking it was after this week. It's not. And I, I was saying Marshall's probably not going to be back until after the buy. He's back this week anyway, so what the fuck do I know? Um, but he's back in, which is good. Um, adds a little bit up forward. Charlie Dixon still hasn't quite managed to get himself back into the into the mix, and, and Travis Boak's still not back in as well. So, you know, we're still underdone a little bit. Um, you certainly, when you not don't have uh, guys like Travis Boak and um, Charlie Dixon available who have been, you know, all Australian caliber players and playing pretty good footy over um, up until their injuries, uh, you know, that's that's a significant kind of number of guys out. But um, Todd Marshall coming back in at least adds a little bit more to the forward line again. That You know, a forward line that, um, you know, I, I forgot to mention last week when I was talking about Richmond game back in the start of the podcast. But, you know, that, that is a factor in that game as well, that we just didn't have the forward structure. Um, and certainly some people made mention of that in, in my replies on Twitter when we were discussing the game. After the game, that that is a part of it. So, you know, and I, I certainly do recognize that. So Marshall coming back in, and Ollie Lord still holding his place, which um, deservedly as well. You know, he's, he's showing a lot. He's not. He's he still need. He's probably needs to. You know, <laughs> fucking every every player in the AFL I think needs to work on the kicking at the moment. But um, you know, he's young and he'll get it together. But he's certainly presenting an up forward and and presenting in that structure quite well. So um, so Todd Marshall adds to that. You know, Finlayson's in. Uh, Scott Lysett's, uh still in the side. Brent Teekle's going to be out for a few weeks. By the way, in case anyone's missed that news, I think he's had a foot. I think they did scan. He had some foot soreness after last week in the in the Maggies, and uh, they found like a I can't remember how they described it. It's like this, like a mild. It's either a mild stress fracture or the start of a stress. Like there's just some some you know a foot issue there anyway that he's going to be out for a, a, a few weeks. I think actually it could be four to six or six to eight. So you know the 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 ruck argument's gotten a little bit um, less now because we just basically need to probably ride slice it and. I didn't make mention of it. I think um, Lysa did okay last week. I think he's since he's come back in, he's not going to be winning like we would like a you know the dominant ruckman in the competition to win. It's just not where he's at now. But um, I think he's battling well, and I think he certainly provided a little bit last week as well. Um, so hopefully he can, he's got the stamina and the tank and and can keep running going forward now because we're going to need him because um, I don't think Hayes isn't just in the discussion at all unless we absolutely are desperate at the moment. So. Um, so, you know, you're going to see the the kind of the battery of um, Lysett and then Finlayson taking some as well. 
Um, otherwise, uh, Jonas, who is eligible to play again, but um, obviously was suspended last week, but he's actually been left out, which is um, a big move. And I certainly know that the uh, the Hinkley Hinkley haters on Twitter were probably surprised as hell, and and certainly me. I, I you know I understand that a lot of players, um, you know, get you know they they have a right you know sometimes, but he, his form this year just hasn't quite been at it, and you know after he's had a couple of suspensions and then. Um, considering the way the defense has played um, in his in his absence, uh, you kind of got to you know who are you going to drop for him? You know, Kane Farrell's been playing pretty good, going down off halfback a little bit as well. Dylan Williams has obviously obviously been a revelation. We've talked about him a fair bit, um, and he's uh, certainly you know earned his keep down there. Um, unless you know, I don't know what um, he'd actually you know unless he drops off drastically. Um, and then, you know, Darcy Ben jones has um, kind of found himself, you know, pretty pretty well reinvented. I know Burton's been named up at half-forward, but I think you'll see, and Burton jones has been, if you look at the side, they've been named down back. But, you know, you'll see those guys, I think, float a little bit. They'll switch him out. You know, Burton can play forward well, but Burton jones certainly plays that pressure forward well. And, you know, Jed McEntee comes in and really, you know, I think there was some, some report, I think was it might have been on the Port website, it might have been on, on, on the advertiser, I'm not sure about how Jed McIntyre, you know, the, the forward pressure at Port's almost been number one in the competition since McIntyre's come in. So, you know, you're seeing those the, the way we've been rotating those guys a little bit more as, you know, some somewhat out of necessity with the injuries, but um, also um, actually just because we're finding some things that work and, and, and it's throwing some different looks at the opposition as well, which is handy, I think. Um, so, yeah, there's just not, no room for, uh, you know, uh, Tom Jonas at the moment, our captain. So that means, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a... Interesting place to be as a side because it's not like we're we're we're, devoid, we're fully fit or anything like that. But um, you know that's where you know it's an interesting place to be because we're 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 playing pretty good footy uh, despite it. So um, the emergencies are uh, Frankie Evans, um, Jonas has been named in the emergency, so who knows what happens there? But I think I think it'll be interesting. I think I assume I haven't seen anything in the news yet. So if the emergency the the sub has been named. That's my bad. I've missed it. But, um, uh, yeah, so Jackson Mead and Josh Sin as well, which is good to see Josh Sin named there as well. Um, you know, he's a player that we've got some wraps on that um, hasn't hasn't probably come on as quick as some expected, but um, still still think he's um, going to be pretty handy at some point. So, um, yeah, that's a side. It's, it, it, like I said, it's interesting. Um, you know, considering the guys that we've got out, but still the guys that we're leaving out as well, it's um, an interesting mix. Uh, just a note on, and I, I, I need to try to talk about the Magpies a little bit more. I just don't get time to read into them as much week to week at the moment. So, and certainly don't get a chance to watch them uh, being over here in LA. So it's just, it's been a bit tough, tougher for me to keep an eye on the Magpies. So I apologize if anyone's wondering why I haven't. Um, but just a note on the Magpies, they do have, um, uh, obviously, well, a note on the mid-season draft, by the way. Uh, we, uh, obviously, Mitch Georgiati's got put onto the um, inactive list, which opened up a, a roster spot for us, essentially, um, which allowed us to enter into the mid-season draft, which we took uh, Quinton Arkell, the 25-year-old that played at Geelong. Um, I think he's a second cousin to Sam Pepper and um, obviously got a really good relationship with him. So I think... Uh, kind of generate, I think Narkel might have had a meeting with both Hinkley and, and Pal Peps, um uh, in the week leading up to the draft and, and kind of just, you know, that whether there's just a meeting of the minds there, they said, like, Narco probably said, yeah, no, look, this, this sounds good. And Hinkley and, and Pal Peps obviously probably spruiked for him. And, and Hinkley being a player's coach probably, 
um, had a good chat with him, and 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 they found some common ground there, and and decided to take a take a punt there. You know, I said on Twitter, Nark was a player that you know I haven't watched a whole lot of him, but I remember just some dashing runs into the forward line, some good goals. Um, obviously, with his you know his shock of uh, blonde hair and all that kind of stuff, he kind of he's an eye catching player in that sense anyway. Um, but um, you know, his body, he's got a good sized body. He can play. You know, I think part of the problem at um, Geelong was probably and and he's probably going to find a bit of it at Port as well. But um, with how we kind of you know use those midfield kind of ball players a little bit around that can provide some pressure in the the forward line. You know, Pal Pepper's been in there and, and all that stuff. You know, I could find it would be interesting to see if he how much of a run he gets. But I think he's a good enough player to um, take a flyer on because he certainly showed some. You know, people were really you know when he debuted and early in his career. You know, there was real, some real excitement about the kind of you know highlights stylish player kind of he is. So and certainly he's a player that caught my eye at times. Just like I said, with those dashing runs and and abilities. So, you know, he's 25. Um, whether it's last chance saloon at this point for um, an AFL spot, but you know, he's he seems happy to be here, and and certainly um, he's going to be surrounded by a team that's um, pretty tight, a pretty good group at the moment. So, um, as good a place as any to um, come into, and and certainly a unique opportunity to get a mid-season draft pick to a team that's you know right at the top of the table at the moment. So. Um, he's making his debut for the Maggies this week, um, and uh, and Orazio Fantasia is back in the being named to the side. I just caught that right before recording. I just had assumed we weren't going to see him again. Um, no, I've, I've, that's a bit that's a bit that's a bit cynical of me. I'm sorry. I do I do I do love Orazio Fantasia, and it's it's quite tragic how his career's gone since the injuries really started biting. Um, after he started pretty well, I think, and, and certainly I think back to the Geelong quarterfinal, he had a good game in that one as well, and. Just been all downhill since then, but um, it's good to see him named back in the side for the Maggies. Um, I won't say he's playing for them until I see him on the field because I know I think he got named at one point last last year, or maybe this year, and then ended up at like a late late out again. So we'll see how he goes once he's on the field, but um, that's good to see. Um, any 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 more notes really? Um, um, the our AFL women's sides back on the park training preseason started this week. Um, good to see the socials content coming from the AFL women again. Um, I look forward to talking about uh, them a bit more as the season comes up, comes upon us, and 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 we and we get to see the season two of our, um, our Port Adelaide ladies in the AFLW competition. Uh, but good to see them all back on the track and all looking happy and back back in Port Colours at, at Alberton. And Alberton Oval that is continuing to transform with uh, light towers going up at the moment, and uh, and and the redevelopment works all, all going going ahead quite well down there. Um, it's good to see uh, redevelopment works at um, one of the true 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 clubs of Adelaide going well um, compared to down the road. Um, that's snarky of me, and I I'm not going to apologise. <laughs> I actually don't care what happens with the. This is just a random finish for me. I actually don't care what happens with Crow, like Crow's can get a headlight head um headquarters wherever they want i really don't care um you know i don't know why they don't know why they gave up on west lakes apart from just wanting to be closer you know they want to be close to the city whatever um solar stuff um but it's just funny seeing the uh the the complaints about the nimbies when literally it was like nimby complaints that created the crows so it's just funny to me watching that watching the 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 complaints about the cost cost having increased by 15 million and 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 needing more you know needing more f- 
funding and and it's just like well I, I thought we were the handouts and you know it's just all the all the shit that we get on twitter for you know the 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 uneducated bullshit that comes at port fans on twitter from crow fans and it's just everything that they're dealing with right now is that stuff so you know good luck to them they did they you know they're an afl franchise um they they can have a headquarters they deserve to have a headquarters as an afl franchise um but you know, when you're not a club with a with a place and an identity, it's just harder to find that place. So, you know, good luck to them. I'm sure they'll figure it out, and they're going to probably need some more money and some funding and some debt and all that stuff to do it. Um, and they're going to have to deal with the NIMBYs, which is ironic since we had to deal with them with them back then as well. So, you know, it's just it's just funny. But anyway, our development's going ahead well. The girls are training back um, back on the Alberton, um, you know, Hello Turf. Uh, home for 143 years now whatever it be um and uh yeah you know all things are going well you know all systems go all systems go um yeah that's about it i've been rambling for five minutes and that's that's more than more than what you need here and i'm sure you're just saying david wrap this up because i need to just we need to just get out of the get out of here but you know if you've had a 40 minute drive into work then this is this has worked perfectly for you although it's saturday so although i know i work saturdays for many years and i know many of you probably do as well so anyway wrap it the fuck up calm the pair let's get another win win tonight break the afl era record for wins on the road and uh, wins on the road wins in a row um and i will be back next week with my head far more together hopefully and um and possibly a guest next week as well uh still working behind the scenes on that one just a good friend of the pod that i'm hoping to have a chat with um and i'm hoping to get a couple more on as well um in the next few weeks but yeah that's about it calm the pair let's get it fucking done and keep this keep this good season rolling